It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. Another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down districts one and two week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey. That guy is Ryan Skaggs. What do you got like a, um, you got a photo shoot for uh, Hunter's Outdoorsman magazine later on today? For, bra- for brawny paper towels. Yeah. <laughs> it's the al borland special (laughs) and there's the title of the podcast the al borland special uh yes so you can watch this uh podcast on the idahosports.com youtube channel as well as our facebook page uh and if you watch the video version of this uh, you get to see that wonderful looking flannel that ryan is wearing and you get to see me with my glasses on because sometimes you know my contacts just don't want to cooperate so that's a little behind the scenes info for you. Audio only as well, of course, at idahosports.com and wherever you download your podcast. You know, I found Ryan, it's interesting. You know, we do these regional podcasts around the entire state of Idaho. And, you know, some podcasts have more people that actually download and listen, others consume it via Facebook. I found for our podcast, um, YouTube is really? a really, really popular place. Um, huh. In fact, this is our highest performing prep cast uh, in terms of YouTube viewers. It's crazy. Um, that's Sweet. awesome. People like to, people like to watch on YouTube. And last week, Ryan, I I don't know what happened here, but we had like we had twelve hundred views, like of last week's episode. <laughs> and you know, generally we're between one fifty and two hundred, which is like awesome. And you guys keep up the good work. But we 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 skyrocketed to twelve hundred. Last I must week. have been super attractive last week. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm trying to think back, like, did we say something like really compelling or like, yeah, well, I mean, we do every week, of course, but like something that was a real lightning rod for people. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no clue. I mean, we could have, I mean, did we talk the title of the show? I don't know if like, it's something that's like a common searched YouTube thing. I don't know, but yeah. I'll take Sweet. it though. I'll take it. I'll take 1200 views. Yeah. Let's keep yeah. it going. So that's, that's my I'm ruining it right now by being like super congested. So yeah, no, that's all right. But that's my call to North Idaho prep cast nation is okay. The bar has been set. We gotta, we gotta keep it at 1200 every week. So everybody, even if you I'm gonna start keep... demanding a pay raise, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. Um, so yeah, everybody uh, click, click, Click the video multiple times, help us because that ultimately helps to get it exposed to more people as well. So all those algorithm mathematical equations that I don't understand. And speaking of that, we'll talk about max preps in a little bit, but let's first start with state (laughs) soccer, which happened last week, Ryan. Um, Well, let's start on the girls side. We'll go girls, then boys, and we'll go 3A up to 5A for, for our soccer recap. So let's start with the 3A girls state soccer tournament. It was at Twin Falls last week. Coeur d'Alene Charter, the number one seed overall, falls in overtime in their tournament opener to Timberlake, their conference rival. How about the Tigers getting the 4-3 to three win in overtime? Timberlake ends up taking fourth place. Coeur d'Alene Charter battles back to win the consolation. They take fifth place. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, an awesome job by the, the Lady Tigers. I mean, it's the law of averages, you play each other so many times, you're going to see something, I think, at some point. Um, and then, you know, players rise to big occasions and big moments at times, and it looks like either we have a tendency to curse teams or, um, you know, like the Tigers just, just played out of their minds and beat a really good team because that quarterline Charter team was a buzzsaw, and they could have came into that game just overconfident maybe too i think had something to do with it as well as you see a team that many times and win by that big of a differential during the regular season um you know in the game of soccer it it can make a big difference but hats off to the tigers that's awesome yeah and if it was kind of an overconfidence thing uh that would be really surprising to me considering this happened to quarterly charter last year at state they came in highly acclaimed and suffered an upset right away and so you know i would have thought they would have been on guard too and and honestly I don't even think it was that. I think Timberlake just played their best match of the season. I think Coeur d'Alene Charter played exceptionally well, and Timberlake was just a touch better, like you said. You know, Lady yeah. Tigers. They that. got they got a good group of good group of athletes there on that program too. So I mean, the fact that they they won a close match like that doesn't surprise me one bit. That's that's pretty awesome. 
definitely for a state tournament standpoint after missing out last year was out for blood. They got Valley view in the first round. And then in the semifinals, very close battle with twin falls, the defending four a champs. They ultimately fall in that contest. They go to the third place match against Pocatello. Uh, they lose that on penalty kicks four to three. And so for standpoint, it's a fourth place finish, but they, they were competitive in every single match, nothing to be ashamed of there for the Bulldogs. Yeah. And I think that was probably the more difficult draw um, on that side of the bracket. So the way that it, it turned out, I mean, I think, you know, they, they, it, there's nothing to be ashamed of in, in what they accomplished this year and, and playing in that three, four matches often every bit as competitive as state championship matches just because sometimes you get a team that that slips and maybe could have been in that title match too um so yeah i mean the bulldogs had a great season and and were able to bring home hardware at least and that's that's a big deal definitely and then at the 5a girls tournament uh lake city came in as the defending champs the number one seed overall they get to the semifinals where they they slip against uh kind of the cinderella team of the tournament centennial the five seed gets all the way to the championship they lose one nothing to centennial so it wasn't like they got you know snowballed or anything they just you know that was the play-in winner too yeah they yeah. they they beat they beat Coeur d'Alene in that play-in match just to get the state and they get all the way to the championship. And so Lake City rebounds though. They're playing Rocky Mountain, powerful team in the third place match. Uh tied 2-2 through regulation and two overtimes goes to PKs. And and this one like went the distance, right? They in, in penalty kicks, six athletes um attempt kicks. Lake City went six for six. Rocky went five for six. So Lake City won that shootout six five. Every player scored in the shootout for Lake City. And that Lake City lineup is so stinking good, too. I mean, they got some really good youngsters, but they've got a, a couple of girls on that team that are playing, you know, Pac 12 soccer next year. Um, so, you know, that's, that's no, they're no slouch. And I think that they were highly acclaimed um, for good reason. And I mean, they just, you know, losing that, that match obviously kind of bit them a little bit in the semis. But, um, you know, to win the, when that three, four match in PKs, especially, I think was a great way to kind of wrap up the career for um, some pretty, pretty successful girls. I mean, the fact that you can go one first place, third place and back to back years is saying something about the success of your program. Yeah. And we talked about this last year uh, when state soccer rolled around, it is really hard to repeat in soccer because there's so it, the, the fluctuations are so wild. Um, the margin for error is so thin, like Lake city loses one, nothing. They just, a handful of things didn't go their way and that happens all the time in soccer so to repeat as champion is extremely difficult so the teams that do it really cherish it because it is kind of a rare thing in soccer so uh let's go to the boys side 3a boys we had timberlake and bonners ferry they both dropped their first matchup they both dropped their second matchup each went to and out at state yeah i mean i mean in what was a competitive league, yeah. I mean, but the, I mean, that boys side of the three, a bracket's tough, um, you know, and, and both teams they lost to, you know, obviously are, we're playing for something, but um, it's, you know, a decent season by both teams. I think just making it to state, I think there's, there's some accolade and accomplishment in that. Um, but uh, obviously they probably wanted more, I'm sure, but the Badgers, I mean, I think as a whole are probably having one of the better seasons we've seen in North Idaho sports. I mean, from all sports. So, you know, there's a lot to be proud of at that high school right now in Bonners Ferry. Yeah. The Badgers uh, won the conference in football. They are competing at state volleyball. And by the way, uh, we're not going to talk any state volleyball on this prep cast today. I recorded a separate special uh, just <clears throat> previewing the state volleyball tournaments. Uh, me and, uh, Lindsay Togiai Afuk, uh, former Century volleyball standout uh, in Pocatello. She went on to play college volleyball as well. And so she hopped on and uh, we broke down all of the uh, state volleyball brackets. Her her brother is Tommy Togiai, the defensive lineman that's currently playing for the Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, athletic family for sure. And so for sure. We, we had uh, all your volleyball. It's it's in your podcast feed, North Idaho PrepCast uh listeners uh it's it's in your podcast feed that's where you're gonna get your state volleyball coverage yeah give them give that one 1200 listens too <laughs> yes I, I did put it up on youtube so yes let's do it let's let's go let's do it uh so yes uh so bonner's ferry as you said having a tremendous overall fall sports season definitely uh for a boys sandpoint was the number one seed 
and stupid Bishop Kelly. Could they ever just for once not <laughs> not be good at something? Apparently not. Five A already. I mean, but yeah. Um, no, that the Sandpoint boys obviously had a great season, and and it was a great tournament over there at the fields of real life and Post Falls too. The four A tournament. I think that was a great sight. Um, the weather, while wasn't the greatest last week, um, the playing surface was was awesome, and so I don't think there was any complaints on playing on field turf. Um, you know, at a field like that, a facility like that with lights and everything too. Um, it was top notch. I think that 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 needs to be in the rotation annually as one of the sites, at least hosting one of the classifications. But um, that's just me personally kind of looking at that with a objective lens. But um, yeah, no, Sandpoint had a great season. And just to come that close and that stinking BK team, which seems to snake bite everybody in almost every sport, um, you know, ends up not clipping them but that's a that's a that's a great season by the bulldogs yeah so bishop kelly the quote-unquote eight seed they i don't know how they didn't get a higher seed first of all max preps we'll get to it yeah Uh, Uh, yeah. but 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 bishop kelly gets all the way to the championship as the eight seed and um honestly it's it was called well in bishop kelly the two district rivals for the championship zero zero draw Went to PKs, Caldwell won four to three. So it was a great championship matchup there in post balls as well. But Sandpoint loses to BK in their tournament opener in overtime, one nothing. And then they turn around and beat Century, one nothing. And then they won the consolation over Canyon Ridge, two nothing, which tells me that Sandpoint, man, if they just could have found a way to get past BK, I think they had a real shot at bringing yep. home state. But yep, yep. I mean, that was a. Uh... They had, I think they had the guys and they had the team and they got a lot of those kids coming back too. Um, they've got some youngsters in their program too. They're going to carry that, that team for a few years to come, but um, a great season by, by Sandpoint. And just, I mean, it, yeah, you get that one first round game, but you kind of see like what, what could have been on the back end. And I'm, I'm sure that there's like, yeah, if we would have had like two more minutes, we probably could have changed the tide on that one, but you know, things happen and, and soccer's a, a funny sport like that that round ball goes different ways sometimes yeah uh you could play your best for 99 percent of the match and if there's one slip up and all of a sudden they've got a goal and it's it's over so uh yeah. 5a soccer lake city uh got to the third place match they lost to timberline the the two-time defending champion won nothing in the semifinals. no shame there timberline won the title um very good team lake city then lost to thunder ridge in the third place match, I think Lake City put everything into that Timberline match. They just didn't have anything left by Saturday. Well, um, I mean, their first round match too was tough, and and you know you look at back to back, you know, emotional games. You get to that that last game, you, sometimes your tank's just empty. Yeah, because you met you mentioned the first round matchup where they had to play Coeur d'Alene <laughs> right away, yeah, and again, um, yeah, for like yeah. the like thirty seventh time this year, yeah. Right. And so uh, Lake City won that one to nothing. And, and so Coeur d'Alene from there rebounds to win the consolation title. They beat Madison one nothing and Bora three nothing. So Coeur d'Alene brings home a trophy as well. So uh, I, this is the part that I always, you know, I'm like, this doesn't quite compute. Uh, Coeur d'Alene takes fifth. Lake City takes fourth. Coeur d'Alene gets a trophy. Lake City gets nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, if it was, <clears throat> I don't know. I'll I'll hold my tongue with with participation trophies, but the consolation trophy versus not getting a fourth place trophy, that one sits weird. But okay, yeah, yeah, I'm with maybe, you. I'm with you. Maybe just first, second, and third get trophies. Yeah, yeah like then you can get like you know a box of cereal or something. <laughs> <laughs> you get a box of Wheaties. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you get. Some Bucky Charms or Cinnamon Toast Crunch or something. Right. So, hey, congratulations to all of our state soccer teams that were competing. You know, nobody came home with the with the title, but a lot of trophies making their way back up north. And so a great season for, for all the boys and girls soccer teams uh, that were competing this past weekend. Uh, okay, let, let's dive into football, Ryan. This is the time of year where my alter ego emerges, Brackets Baney, because I love looking at those brackets and breaking them down. So Joe Lenardi's got nothing on you. Uh, right <laughs> where do you where do you want to start ryan i'll let you i'll let you choose. let's go bottom up let's start 1ad2 okay um <laughs> this is gonna be the 1ad2 football bracket and again um i'm gonna throw it up on the screen 
it is gonna lop off half of our face on on the screen, so we look like two face basically. From there, there, Ryan, you can see most of Ryan's face, so that's pretty good. I'll if slide you're, over, if, yeah. I can be like, yeah, there hey, you go. Poke over here on the side. A little Chris Collinsworth slide. Uh, so uh, let's talk about uh, if you're watching the video version of this uh, podcast, uh, you can see the bracket up on the screen. Maybe make your video screen full size so it's a little easier to see. Um, if you're listening audio only, that's cool too. Uh, we have all the brackets on our uh, homepage at idahosports.com. You can follow along that way. All right. So 1AD2, Kendrick gets the first round by. They will get the winner of water springs and camas county that's probably going to be camas county if we're being honest um but the the big story this weekend is lewis county head coach monty madrell a, a year after they lost to timberline in their regular season finale and lost that second playoff spot they get redemption in a 28 to 6 win lewis county in the playoffs they are hosting garden valley friday night seven o'clock in Craigmont at Highland High School. So this is going to be a cool atmosphere. Um, I like Lewis County's chances in this first round game. Of course, they're playing without Ty Hambly. They're all world quarterback, but they've they've kind of adjusted. You know, Gage Crow, yeah. Aiden McLeod, Wyatt Webb have all elevated their game in recent weeks for Lewis County. And they've kind of shifted from a high octane offense that would want to get into a shootout to, you know what? Let's lean on the defense. Let's run the ball. And, you know, a 28 to 6 win will take. So pound the rock, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's kind of their MO right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've got they've got a decent line up front too that can move. So I mean, I do like Lewis County's chances in this game, especially playing tough defensive ball like they have down the stretch. Um, you know, and that's a community too that's you know, I don't know if you heard, but I, I mentioned it in text that there was a loss of, of one of the coaches in the community uh, in the wrestling side of things. It was Caden Beck's dad um, died in an accident on Monday. And so I'm sure that there's plenty of motivation in that community to uh, to just have something to lean into. And what better than a, than a playoff football game, I think, is, is something to kind of um, push through on. And, and, you know, I like Lewis County on that side. I I mean, Clark Fork's got a tough draw there, too. Um, but, you know, hats off to the Wampus Cats for getting to host a, a home playoff game finally. I mean, we've been talking about it for how long as, like, that District 1 and, like, had a couple teams there and it's had the stranglehold by Mullen St. Regis. And now Clark Fork's in the playoffs hosting a game on Saturday, too, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's really exciting. And, yeah, I was going to wait uh, till the end of the prep cast to talk about the, the tragic news. But, you know, yeah. let's just talk about it right now. Uh, sure. Uh, Andrew Beck, uh, a pioneer, um, a champion of wrestling in Idaho and and really especially girls wrestling, right? Yeah. Cadence Beck, outstanding wrestler, great athlete for for Highland High School. And um, it is it's awful news that came out because Andrew had a lot of uh, learning and and giving and teaching and coaching to yeah. give still. That's the really sad part. Yeah, and, and I mean, he's super invested, and it didn't matter which school the kid went to. He was a fan of the sport and supported everybody. And, you know, so I look at what he's, you know, and hit, what he was able to do in his time as coaching and running programs from, you know, Craigmont to Grangeville, you know, coaching kids on the prairie up there, um, boys and girls alike. And, I mean, you're talking from the littlest kids to, you know, high schoolers and, and doing it at a high level. Um, that's a that's a huge loss for the sport of wrestling, but I mean, even bigger loss, obviously, for the family. And my my prayers go out to to them because that's just you know a shocking loss. And if anybody wants to support, you know, P One FCU, who's a great sponsor of ours up here on the state, but um, they've got an accounts open in Amanda Beck's name, his wife. Um, that if you want to support the family, you can go to any local branch and you can do that there. Um, but yeah, just a tragic car accident and and it's just a huge loss for that community. That's, I mean, that's the second uh, tragic uh, passing in the last month up up north. Uh, you know, we talked about Moscow uh, and Lance Abendroth, the athletic yeah. director as well. I mean, it's just been a, a rough month uh, up there in North Idaho, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody that's affected by that. And it's you Absolutely. hate to, you hate to see it, but you're right. I think this can be a rallying point for Lewis County. Um, Absolutely. Certainly. Yeah. And then there's kids, you know, that are connected to that family. And, um, you know, so I like, I like Lewis County as a team. I said that a couple of weeks ago. You're like, ah, I'm, I'm kind of, you were hemming and hawing with, with, with Timberline. And I'm like, oh. no, no, I don't care if Hamley's out. This seems like a team of destiny to me to like make their way in the playoff. 
So uh, I'll own it. I did. I picked Timberline to win on this podcast last week. And you know what? Coach Madrell still answered my text on Monday when I texted him. So. <laughs> I think I hit on every prediction I made too of like that went counter you or somebody else. Mm-hmm. All my predictions. I even said, yeah, we'll talk about it in the four days. We can, I'll save that thought because I, I hit a huge nugget that I got ripped for on Friday night in our Twitter space. Yeah, I uh, I was very wrong on almost everything, which proves that people take what I say uh, too seriously sometimes, especially with the, the brackets and all that stuff. Like people were asking me, like, like I knew the max preps formula, like, hey, uh, how how much does this team leap up and with the win? And I was like, uh, I don't know, because nobody knows. That's <laughs> the hidden. Yeah, yeah, the hidden the hidden sauce there that. I don't know. I'm playing like Skag Stradamus now, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so you mentioned Clark Fork is also hosting. I'll, I'll throw the bracket back up on the screen. Uh, Clark Fork is hosting Castle Ford Saturday, 1 p.m. This was an old bracket that uh, doesn't have the time in there, but 1 p.m. on Saturday, Castle Ford, of course, the final four team from last year. This will be a very tough matchup for the Wampus Cats, but the one thing, that each of these teams, Clark Fork and Lewis County, have in their advantages. They're playing at home. You know, yeah. Garden Valley to to Craig to Craigmont is 194 miles, Ryan. Three oh, hours that, and yeah, 41 minutes. Bad. Isn't this like 600 and some odd miles away? Yeah. So the the <laughs> mileage from Castle Ford to Clark Fork, check this out. 631 miles. 10, <laughs> 10, 10 and a half hours on a bus. Well, and that's if you're using like Google Maps or whatever for the auto directions, that's like by car. That's not bus time. I mean, you're having stops. You're having to like, you know, get food. Others, I mean, that's that's a trip. I mean, obviously, it's a two day or I'm sure they're going to leave Friday. But yeah, um, I, you, you figure they're going to stop somewhere in Washington, probably, and then continue on. But yeah, I mean, if they're going to because Castleford's down there on the snake, like it's what south of Twin. Yeah. Right? So yeah, they'd probably come up through through Washington, I'm sure. Yeah, go through Oregon, Washington, make that kind of yeah, take I eighty four to the Tri Cities and then come up three ninety five and I ninety. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a that's a sucky that's a road. Jaunt. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's that sucks for Castle Ford. <laughs> there is no easy way for that one. So so Clark Fork's got the home advantage, certainly, but they, it will be a tough matchup against Castle Ford. Um Clark Fork's gonna have to play their absolute best to uh, advance and then um you know mullen st regis also got a first round bye along with kendrick they get the winner of lewis county and garden valley and we talked about this on the eight-man prep cast this week you know when we were sizing up mullen st regis's chances because this this bracket the bottom half of the bracket to me ryan is the wide open part if you look at yep. the top half of the bracket four That's of the tight. top four of the top six teams in the coaches poll are all on that top side of the bracket yeah I like I like Mullen St. Regis's chances. I really do. And you know what some thought may have not have been as talented of a team as they've had maybe the last two years. I think they're more balanced. And that's what I think is making them really deadly as far as a playoff run because they can they play defense really well. And that's the thing that's been kind of sticking out. And they've they've tested themselves. Like that game against Chinook was no that's a that's no slouch of a team they're playing. I mean, that's like playing the, the likes of like a you know, a grace or somebody like that. That's got, you know, like a historical like pedigree, um, you know, at the eight man level. And so that's a, that's, you know, I think Mullen was smart to kind of put themselves on, on a level like that in that, a game like that to, to find their way and possibly, you know, make a state championship game run. It'd be cool if we could see an all North final would be awesome. Yeah, up in the Kibbe Dome in Moscow. That would be awesome. Uh, Yeah, Mullen St. Regis, the two Montana teams they lost to, Superior and Chinook, each of those teams, Ryan, are 8-1 and one on the yeah. season. So that's, I mean, a combined 16-2. and two. And, and Coach Stetson Spooner will tell you that, hey, it helped us learn what we need to work on. And I, I would say the thing they need to work on and they need to do well is they have to start fast. The, yep. in, in both of those games against the Montana schools, they started slow especially that Chinook game, they got down two scores early and then Matt Chinook score for score the rest of the way, but they could never dig themselves out of that early hole they dug themselves in. So um, fast start is absolutely critical for Mullen St. Regis as they go through the playoffs. But we will uh, wait and see. Of course, Kendrick's still the overwhelming favorite uh, up 
in 1A D2 football. And they finally got to play a full game, Ryan. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. You after six weeks, you finally get a full game. Um, but yeah, no, that Tigers team is is legit and they've got dudes all over the field. And we're not talking like eight man dudes. I mean, they've got guys that'd be starting for you know five A teams here in North Idaho. Um, so I don't think you know that sometimes it gets lost. You try to compare the two and sometimes the athletes are just different. I mean, you get the exceptions of like Leighton Vanderesh a few years ago from Salmon river that goes on. He's now playing in the NFL, but like Kendrick's got some guys and um, you know, they were at an eight man camp in Montana this year. And I know that uh, Morgan, one of their offensive linemen, I mean, gosh, he's like six, five, two fifty. I mean, that's, and that's, that's a dude for anybody. And so you have weapons like that, and you got like obviously Ty Kep and and Jagger Hewitt and, and guys like that. That I mean, good grief! Like that team is so deep. Um, you know, there's a reason they're they're running away with the coaches' poll week after week and the media poll as well, and they're defending champ. But um, you know, that semifinal game could be one that I don't want to say sneaks up on them, but I don't think they want to get caught. Um, you know, looking necessarily overlooking an opponent and thinking they're going to coast to a title, but that team is loaded with talent. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it all unfolds. Uh, but Kendrick is certainly the favorite one, a D one Ryan Kamiai gets the first round by and the number three seed overall pretty spectacular. And the other two white pine league teams got to hit the road because max preps didn't think much of the white pine this year, although history, <laughs> his, history, and uh, you know my own freaking eyes will tell me that the white pine league is still the the most balanced league in Idaho. Um, yeah, the eye test alone tells you that. I mean, you look at teams that missed out. I mean, look at the teams that aren't there. You have Prairie that's you know came on strong at the end of the year. You have Logos that was right there. Potlatch was right there. I mean, there's some teams that are sitting at home that you know I think in other leagues probably win a league championship. Um, so Clearwater Valley, in my mind, that seven ten matchup is the most deceptively seeded matchup. I think Clearwater Valley, I don't know on what planet earth or other than earth here, like how are they a 10 seed? I don't I get it. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I think, you know, raft river has got to kind of feel a little bit hosed too to draw Clearwater Valley in a first round game. But I mean, that's something that you could maybe expect to see in the the second or the semifinal, second round of the semifinals. But like, gosh, I, I like I like the Rams a lot. I really do. That team is loaded. Louis Fabi is one of the more exciting players to watch, and that defense just flies around. They get takeaways. I like the Rams in that game a lot, and Lapway I think is a dangerous team too. Um, Butte County, I know. I think it was in their last game. Didn't they get shut out in their last game? No, they lost to Grace uh, in a one-score game for the district okay. title. Um, gotcha. But talking to people in Butte County, in, in Arco, um, Butte County's been very inconsistent this year. Like, sometimes yeah. mentally they're not engaged. And so they've had a real roller coaster season. And so on the eight-man prep cast, I actually predicted that both White Pine teams will win. I think Lapway yesterday, by the way. Yeah, I I think Lapway goes to Butte County and wins. And I I really like Clearwater over Raft River. Not because you know, Raft River's a good team, but they are so injured right now. They are missing their starting quarterback, Tate Whitaker. He's also one of their best defenders. They're just a different team. Um, and I really I really like uh C V going on the road in that game. That Lapway, because I don't know if anybody's got an athlete that can match Terrell Ellenwood Jones. I don't know if anybody has anybody that's that can be the difference maker to take him out of the equation. And um unless you get into like a sloppy field situation where you've got to go, you know, pack all eight in the box, um I don't know anybody's gonna be there to 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 stall that Lapway offense. I think they've got a lot of firepower with him and Elias year out. Yeah, and and the other point I made on the eight-man prep cast that I think also plays into Lapway and Clearwater Valley's favor is that the teams are playing Rath River and Butte County basically from week two of the season. They've gone, oh, we've got a playoff spot locked up. Like we, yeah. you know, they 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 didn't backslide into the playoffs, but their playoff spot has been secure since like week three. Whereas these last three weeks, Lapway and Clearwater Valley had to fight like dogs to get into the playoffs because it was so cutthroat in the White Pine League. So really, Lapway and Clearwater Valley, they've already been in the playoffs for almost a month. This is just yeah. another playoff oh, that's game. That's a great point. Yeah. And I, they've I been really able to go through it and stay healthy. That's the other part, too. 
Yeah. And, and the other thing, sorry to reiterate all the points I made on the eight man prep cast, everybody should go listen to that. Definitely. Um, but Lapway as well started Owen three in league and everyone like dismissed them like, Oh, Lapway, they must be garbage. But th- if you look at the scores, I mean, they lost to Kamii by six, they lost to Clearwater Valley by 12, but they had the lead in the fourth quarter in that game and they lost to Logos by 10. I mean, three very tight losses and everyone just dismissed that myself included. I did it as well. Just kind of dismissed Lapway, but I don't want to give, I don't want to down talk like Idaho city, but looking at this bracket and say Lapway and Clearwater Valley win and they, they they reseed it obviously by the rankings. Right. So the number they would get reseeded coming out of those playing games. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, if they get reseeded coming out of those playing games, you could essentially see an Oakley Lapway game and a Grace Clearwater Valley game. I mean, good grief! <laughs> I, I'll I'll tell you right now, that's a tough matchup for Lapway. Um, yep. Basically, with Oakley, you got to match them score for score. They've got the firepower to do that. If yeah. Clearwater Valley plays Grace, I I like CV there too. Grace has oh. also been very inconsistent. A very roller coaster team. Uh, I'm, I I like the way, despite being a ten seed and having to go on the road, I like the way things are setting up for for Clearwater Valley. And what what a matchup it would be, Ryan, if we had in the semis, Clearwater Valley and Kamii, the rivals, with us yep. with a trip to state in on the, the dome. Line. In the dome. I mean, like, good grief. I, I mean, it realistically could be played in the Kiwi Dome. Who knows? It might be played in Lewiston for all we know. I don't know, but um. Yeah, no, that would be awesome to see a Clearwater Valley Kamii semifinal game. Would be that would be so cool. Um, and you talk about, I mean, you could probably speed through town because <laughs> nobody would be there. But if you're driving right. up highway to Montana, there's no speed limit through town. Um, but yeah, no, that's a that, that would be a dandy of a matchup. You got to get there first, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, then you look at some of the other matchups. I mean, you could essentially have a carry notice game. Um, yep. and then obviously Cami. I mean, that's big. The Cami, I got the three seed. Um, just looking at it because if you look at kind of the if everything goes south, you know, in the in the in the play in games, essentially, um, Cami is still going to draw at worst, like they're going to be playing, you know, Murtaugh, maybe. I mean, like that's yeah. that's a that's a pretty good draw, pretty friendly, um, at least for 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 the Cubs in that for in that next round. I would love for the White Pine League to get all three teams to the final four just to stick it to Max Preps. <laughs> Secretly, that's what I want. <laughs> so yeah, give embrace the chaos, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh we'll see. We're we're going way, way far down the road. We gotta we got a lot of that's for next to- prepcast, right? <laughs> yes, for sure. But you I mean you can see it. You can see the groundwork. Absolutely. Where, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's talk about two A football. Um, as we look at this bracket, we had a lot of fans asking us, you know, where's Kellogg? The thing with this bracket is, is the, the five division champs all get buys in the first round. And then from there, the top four district champions, according to max preps, get home playoff games. And then, so Kellogg is, is in, we don't know where they're going to play yet though, because like one, a D one, it gets reseeded. Yeah after the opening round and I'll admit Kellogg is behind some of these teams that are playing in the play in round. So Kellogg is in the quarterfinals. They'll have to hit the road somewhere. I don't know where they're going to go necessarily. We, we can't really tell you that until all of these games actually take place, but Kellogg is in the bracket. It's just, we couldn't put them anywhere because we don't know where they are headed. Um, I also, you know, we had a lot of Kellogg fans complaining like, Oh, a district champion. Why, why do they have to hit the road? Well, there's five districts. Somebody is going to have to hit the road eventually. And what hurt Kellogg this year was the CIL was not a strong league. It really wasn't. When you look at, you know, Priest River struggled or Afino struggled, Grangeville struggled, even St. Mary's, right? They got yeah. the other playoff slot, um, but they started 0-6. So that's that's why Kellogg is not uh, seated higher is because the conference kind of dragged them down. So that's the explanation there. And then let's talk about St. Mary's going to Aberdeen. It's going to be exciting. That's going to be, I think a pretty interesting matchup. Two teams that kind of similarly play good defense, want to run the ball. Interesting matchup. Aberdeen. I mean, that's a really, you know, two A was kind of like, I don't want to say like, 
it's the forgotten classification, but I think to an extent it does get overlooked a lot. Um, that you look at some of these bananas numbers like Kellogg, and I, I mean, if you that game's played on turf, Kellogg can score half a hundred by halftime. Um, but yeah, going into this, this <laughs> the Aberdeen St. Mary's game, you know, if it could be a close one, I think halftime score realistically could be like. 12 to 10, you know, or tw- I mean, maybe a couple people miss an extra point. So you're looking at like a touchdown. So it's six to nine or something like that. You know, it's just a weird score. I see it being a weird scoring game um, just because the way they play on offense is they want to control the ball so much um, to play defense with their offense too. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to pick against the Lumberjacks, but I like Aberdeen a little bit more. Um, I think that they just got a few more athletes, but um, maybe, yeah, maybe I'll stick picking Aberdeen. So I like curse them and then St. Mary's. Move on. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I, I, I was texting on Monday morning. I was texting Craig Teft, the football coach at St. Mary's shout out to coach Teft. He's a diehard. He tunes in every week uh, to, to the sorry podcast. coach Teft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you, you guys. I just don't want to curse you guys. <laughs> here's here's what I'll say. The the style that Aberdeen plays is ball control to the point where each side, St. Mary's and Aberdeen, could only get like four offensive possessions. Like that's yep. happened several times with Aberdeen this year. So if if St. Mary's can cash in on all their drives and stop Aberdeen just once it's really risky to play that low possession type of game because you have to be almost perfect in Aberdeen a couple of times this year hasn't been. So I really do think if St. Mary's capitalizes on every drive and they even get one stop against Aberdeen, it's going to be such a short game that they, they have a chance. I really do I like think takeaway. If you get a yeah. big takeaway, that's the clincher right there. And yeah, you know, the way the St. Mary's plays defense, I think that they could maybe force a fumble. I don't know about the interception side of things, but if you can force a fumble or at least, you know, you got to think of three and outs. A three and out is a turnover in a game like this. And yes. Um, so if you can make a nice stand, you know, defensively, that's that can be the shot in the arm, you know, turn around, get a nice return on a punt. I mean, you're you're in business, you're cooking. So, um, you know. That's, I think, kind of what you look at as coach. You know, if I've coached Teft, it's like, hey, defensively, three and outs count as turnovers this week. We just got to be really disciplined. Don't limit the – we got to limit the big play, and we're going we're gonna to be all right. We're going to give ourselves a chance in this one to come away with a victory. Yeah, this classification is the most wide open 2A. I mean, there are – at any of these 11 teams that are here, I could see playing in the semifinal round. I really could. Uh, yep. it, it's going to be really fun to see how this 2A bracket shakes out. Let's go to 3A football where you've got Bonners Ferry, the league champ. They beat Timberlake in a pretty close game on Friday night, but the Badgers finished the regular season undefeated because <laughs> the of undefeated that. Undefeated league champ. Yeah, let's let's throw that in there. Give them some love because that's huge. <laughs> the, the the well, yeah, I thought you were making a joke about their, you know, one and zero in league uh, with their one well, league win. Yeah, their their schedule wasn't terrible, so I'm going to give them credit for being undefeated. So, yeah, yeah no, definitely, yeah, they they went undefeated through the regular season, and then just the one league game undefeated in league play. Um, so yeah. Bonners Ferry, because of that, gets the three seed overall because the five district winners automatically get the top five seeds. Now next week that could change, right? Bonners Ferry could drop below some of these other. Um, non-district champions because they'll reseed everybody one through eight based on max preps. Um, but for Bonners Ferry, they get a, a nice first round game, uh, 12 high noon on Saturday. They will host Wood River, a 3A team that is really should be a 4A team. But I I don't think Bonners Ferry has any problems with Wood River here. Yeah, no, I think the Badgers, they're, we talk about balance. That's one of the most balanced teams of any classification. You look offensively and, and nice at quarterback and, you know, the Hensleys, you know, they've got athletes out there, but defensively that team is so dang good. Um, just they play so sound. They tackle really well. If you look at stats too, it's kind of something I've been looking at. And I know the product on the field doesn't necessarily reflect stats, but I mean, if you look at three, a, I mean, they just tackle so well and they have so many and it's, Usually you see a lot of guys that have a ton of tackles or whatever, and it's, you know, they'll have 22 solo tackles and 51 assisted tackles. No, these guys are like solo tacklers with like numbers in the 40s and 50s. That's saying something. Um, 
So, you know, you look at what they're able to do as a unit and they, they play really, really well as a unit. I don't think they play outside of themselves. And so they're, you know, for, for playoff football, that's, I think something that you want a recipe for success. Um, you got some leadership there at the quarterback position, especially and at running back with Hensley in the backfield. Um, I like the Badgers a lot in this game, and I think it's going to be Badgers by a lot. But um, hopefully I'm not upsetting any Wood River fans who are listening, but sorry, but I like Bonners Ferry and Bonners Ferry big. Well, and, you know, great for Wood River. They got to the playoffs, and um, but it just uh, it still doesn't sit right with me that that's a, four, that's a 4A team. That... When you look well, that and then look at their wins too, I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, yawn, but – and that's no credit to the kids because they're doing what they're supposed to do to get there. But right. Bonner's Ferry, I mean, yeah, you get one league game, you play Timberlake in a really tough matchup on a you know Friday night with a sloppy field, and that was what it what it was advertised to be. It was like eighteen thirteen or something like that, and you know just a, a, a tough slobber knocker type game where it's one in the trenches and everybody comes home dirty and you know, but they they clinched a league title and bigger. I think they clinched that home playoff game, which I think is the first one since. Is it the late '90s or early 2000s? I think the first time they since they've hosted a home playoff game. It might be like '05. So there, I mean, there's a lot of North playoff games this week. What we talked about Clark Fork and Lewis yeah. County and Bonners Ferry, and it's oh, it's so exciting to see the teams up north excelling and and getting those high seeds. Um, let's let's talk about Timberlake. You know, I'll be honest. This is a very tough, <laughs> very tough draw um, to have yeah. to travel to Weezer. The defending three A champ, defending state champ. <laughs> you know, because yeah. Weezer, Weezer, when you look at the max prep rankings, is like is like third. Um, they're they're really like a top three team, but because those district champs get the top five seeds, Weezer gets slotted down to where now this is a tough matchup for Timberlake. Where I would have liked their chances if they were playing like a Buell or a Teton or somebody like that, but yep. Weezer's defense is so good. It's it's going to be really tough for Timberlake, unfortunately. Yeah, because it's it's the wing T against a really disciplined defense, and you know that's that's the thing that you look at is like okay, now it's it's a style matchup and the style of offense that Timberlake runs. You know, if they they're gonna hope for the you know they're gonna run it forty five times and hope for four runs of you know thirty plus yards, and then they're gonna pass it four times and hopefully connect on two of them. They're gonna try to be two of four for like seventy five yards and two touchdowns. That's what they want in the passing game. <laughs> Um, I don't know if they're going to get that against this Weezer defense. That Weezer defense is so good. And there's a lot of kids back from that team from last year. Um, there's talent there. There's the coaching there is insane too. So I'll give the coaches credit as well. They do a great job, um, you know, with, with that team. Um, I had Timberlake in the, in the opening game when they played South Fremont and, you know, I came away from that game. Like, man, this is, if this is three, a football and these are, you know, supposedly some of the better three, a teams playing. I was like, 3A's got got a they got a long way to go to catch sugar. Um, as far as sugar and Homedale, I think are kind of like the creme de la creme of of 3A, but um gosh, you know, like what South Fremont's been able to do. It doesn't surprise me that they've been fairly successful. They've got a young quarterback, he's big with a big live arm. Um, but that linebacking core that South Fremont had was so dang good. That's what stood out in that game. And the other part that stood out was, you know, Timberlake's like defensive front's not bad. They're they're pretty good defensive line and linebacker core, and then you got you know Rajni Oliveri in the back back into that defensive safety, or if he's playing corner, depends where they roll him up. Um, you know he gives him a shot in the arm in the secondary, um, but it's going to be can he limit limit the big plays from Weezer, and that's that's going to be a test. That will be a really big test for the bat for the uh, Tigers. Yeah, just a tough draw uh, for Timberlake in in their first round contest. All right, let's talk four A football. Look at look at yeah. this. Look at this mess of a bracket. I am a, teams. I'm a I told you I if you were on the Twitter space on Friday night, I told you it was gonna happen. I told you. Uh yes. So there's a there's a bit of a it's it's not really a controversy, but I've gotten a ton of questions this week asking, um, you know, why did Sandpoint leapfrog Minico for third and fourth? Because From when we Saturday checked, to Sunday, yeah, after yes. games were done. Yes, all the Idaho scores were reported Friday night. And then Max Prep says we need 24 hours for the algorithm to recalibrate and spit out the new numbers. And when that happened on Saturday and even half the day Sunday, 
Minico was the three seed. Sandpoint was the four. And then all a, of a sudden, I made a big fat post about it too. And then I looked like an idiot. <laughs> well, we all did. Yeah. Um, because here's what happened. We, we actually, we're going to talk about this on the magic Valley prep cast. That's our district four prep cast. Um, so if you want more context on what happened, tune into that prep cast. I co-host that with Scott Burton. He is the athletic director at Jerome high school, so he can open doors that we can't. And he's got, so, he's got a con he's got a contact person at max preps that he can call and okay. ask these types of things. Cause here's <laughs> what my guess was. And you can tell me if I'm wrong next week. Is it the Canyon Ridge game against Ridgeview that was canceled because of lightning ruled a no contest hurt Minico's rating because of a common opponent. I don't know if that's true or not. I was just looking at like trying to find ideas of what could have been in order for the rankings to change. So if there was a slight dip, even by a 10th or whatever of a point, Sandpoint was dang close when they were at four, right? Yes. Then they had their regular season. Well, Utah is a week ahead, right? Alta Utah had a first round playoff win on Friday night which gets entered into the computers for Sandpoint and playoff wins. We know with max preps end up boosting the ratings for a playoff win. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. That was the only thing. I, those two things are the only thing I could think of. They would shift the computers enough to bump Sandpoint above Minico. Yes. So you are correct on the second point. I don't think the Canyon Ridge Ridgeview game ever impacted anything because I don't, I don't know that a score was ever was the score put in for that game on max preps no because okay yeah see so i don't i don't think that ultimately impacted anything what 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 people in minico thought happened was that max preps is is connected with huddle so when a when a game is reported on huddle it automatically gets put into max preps and so what happened on sunday was skyview was looking ahead and said, well, we're going to, we're a bottom three seed. We're going to play either Bishop Kelly, Sandpoint, Skyline, or Minico. Let's, yeah. let's send, let's send film out to all of those schools and request film so we can get jump started on this and do a film exchange. Well, when that happens, Huddle automatically adds, oh, Skyview sent a film request to Sandpoint. They're playing Sandpoint on Friday, add it to the schedule. And then it gets added to max preps as well. So at one point on Sunday, Skyview was listed as playing Skyline, Bishop Kelly, and Minico all at the same time, <laughs> um, all on Friday night. Yeah. So what Minico fans thought happened was because that happened, that changed the strength of schedule component of, oh, because, wow, look at Skyview. They scheduled the three best teams in the state of Idaho. Everyone's going to get – so but th that's no, what they thought really, had happened. Yeah, I really think it was that Alta game. I thought Alta's yes. win gave them the boost because it's worth double the points in a playoff win. So, and that's so, all yeah, the so, Max Preps ratings page. Yes, so we we kind of debunked that that – theory that um magic valley fans had about the huddle impacting that and you are a hundred percent correct sandpoint got the bump because alta won that game uh alta utah won that game uh friday night utah was a day late to report that stuff so they they needed extra time to calibrate now minico also played two utah teams this year including a team that won in their playoff opener as well so minico fans are thinking like, boy, our Utah team won as well. We should still be ahead. And again, that's the mystery of Max Preps. Nobody knows exactly how it works, but Sandpoint finished 0.1 ahead of Minico for that third seed. Well, here's the other one, too, is that Sandpoint had two common opponents playing each other on Friday night. Lewiston played Coeur d'Alene, right? Both yep. losses to Sandpoint. Sandpoint lost to both of those teams. However, Lewiston beat Coeur d'Alene by 40. Or something like that. It was like a 40-point victory for the Bengals. That was a game that Sandpoint lost by two. To where if Coeur d'Alene had won that game, that was a game that Sandpoint had lost by, I believe it was like 12. If that was an 11 or 12-point game in that loss. Sandpoint wanted Lewiston to win that game. And they needed Lewiston to win decisively because of the difference differentiation and score between those two common opponents. 
was tighter to the Bengals and the Bengals becoming a playoff team. So that was there was the two correlations that I saw that could have swayed the rankings and it boosted is that you have a 5A common opponent that you lost two by two. That's I think what lifted standpoint above Minico at the end. But yes, and and yeah. two points, two things I don't like. Uh one is that Utah postseason results should not impact Idaho regular season results. <clears throat> Unfortunately, by going with max preps because Utah starts two weeks ahead of Idaho, yeah. that's the way it is. Um, that's that's something I think needs to be explored. Is do we want Utah postseason results impacting you know our regular season rankings? It's certainly a discussion point. The second thing. <laughs> Excuse me. Is Max Preps claims the point differential used for their algorithms gets capped at 15 points. And I don't believe that for a second. I don't, I don't buy that, that. I don't think that's correct at all. I think that's a, a flat out lie. Yeah, I think because they got a huge inflation when they beat Lakeland and they kept their foot on the gas over that in that Lakeland game. Like yes. That one. So this system is promoting bad sportsmanship because now you need to go run it up and win by 40 because max preps can say whatever they want, but a 40 point win gets valued differently than a 15 point win does. It just does. I've yeah. seen it with my eyes. Yeah. I just, I know there is. So I don't think max preps knows exactly <laughs> what's going on sometimes, but anyways, long story short, uh, Sandpoint got the three. See, I mean, they're all, the top four teams are all really good, right? It doesn't really matter what order they're slotted in. Um, Sandpoint gets that three seed though. And because of that, now they will host Skyview in the opening round. I'll put the bracket back up on the screen. Finally here, Sandpoint, yeah. the four seed or the three seed will host Skyview, the 14 seed. That's a great matchup for Sandpoint. Bulldogs yep. are going to roll there. Um, and then let's talk about Lakeland. Skyview can move the ball. I, I mean, I, I don't want to, and I'm okay. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. I'll talk about this game real quick, briefly. Yeah, okay. Skyview is deceptive because they can move the ball. They did it against BK. They moved the ball fairly well. Yes, in a loss. Um, you know, some parts of the Skyline stats get thrown out because people think that, like, oh, they get garbage time touchdowns, and so that's why it looks like their offense is so good. Um, you know, fact of the matter is you look at look back at it, and Max Cutforth is not a bad quarterback. Oh, stat-wise, he does a pretty dang good job. Um, he's got some guys around him that can make plays. You know, so I, I look to that game to be competitive, I think, for probably a quarter and a half. And then I think Sandpoint pulls way late, especially when that they start leaning on that offensive line and that push that they can get up front. That O line of Sandpoint is going to, I think the Hawk Mollies up front are going to be the difference makers and it's going to break lanes for Parker Pettit to run. And I think Pettit's going to probably go for a buck 75 rushing. Yeah. I, I, in Skyview, Skyview is not a good team. They, they are not a playoff team. There's yeah. already too many teams in the 4A playoffs. Yep. Uh, that's another thing I, I've been crotchety about lately is 16 teams get into the 4A playoffs. That could probably be reduced. Um, Skyview lost to Elko, Nevada by like 40. Yeah. And then the next week, Elko lost to Melba by like 40, a 2A yeah. school. <laughs> so, I mean, that's all you need to know yeah. <laughs> with that. I, I like Sandpoint there. Um, Lakeland Pokey is going to be an interesting game. Yeah, let's talk about it. This is the game that I'm going to be at Friday night, Ryan. I will be Sweet. on the call for this game. Um, you got a good one. Yes. Lakeland, I like. Even I though like Lakeland come, a lot. <laughs> even though they've got to come all the way down to Pocatello and play. Um, Lakeland was a top eight team in max preps rankings, but because they didn't get an auto bid, they automatically got pushed down to the nine seed. Po Pocatello is a 500 team that if they had their starting quarterback, Drake Contreras, then you're talking about a pretty good matchup, but they are just fundamentally a different team without him. He's been injured all year. They've had to play a sophomore at quarterback named Hunter May, who has improved as the season's gone along, but it's just not the same. And I, I think if, if John Cornish can get to the outside, it's going to be a good night for Lakeland. Pocatello's pretty stout up the middle defensively, but they're, they're a little vulnerable on the edges. Well, how is their defensive front against the run? Because Lakeland, I mean, size-wise, you look at that offensive front for Lakeland, I mean, they got some dudes. I mean, that left side of that offensive line is big. You got Preston Jeffs on the edge that's three bills but moves. Um, you know, he's like six, 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 seven, close to 300 pounds to tackle. Um, but he's athletic. And, and you got some of the other big guys up front. Lake, that was one thing that I think got lost, I think. Everybody looks at teams like Coeur d'Alene and Lewis and Post Falls. But I think Lakeland, as a front, had the best rushing offensive line 
in North Idaho. And that wasn't even close. Um, as far as consistency you saw from the unit, John Cornish is an amazing, like, un, I don't know how, I don't know. We talk about here, but I don't know what the rest of the state knows about John Cornish, but you talk about dynamite in a bottle. Like that guy is absolutely an insane athlete that can uncork for a 60 yarder. And we talked about it at the beginning of the year. Cornish is good for a 50 plus yarder once a game. And out of all of the games this year, the only game he didn't get one over 50 yards was Sandpoint. Um, so, I mean, the, the dude is legit at running back. He's got over 1,400 yards rushing on the season. And then you start focusing. If you focus so hard on Cornish, okay, fine. They're going to throw Thomas Calder at you. He's got almost 1,000 yards rushing too. So, you know, they're a multiple look rushing attack. They look run out of the eye formation, but they put a lot of window dressing on it, and it's a really, really tough offense to prepare for. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, – I, I really like Lakeland here. You, Pocatello is very good against the run up the middle. They they are definitely undersized compared to, you know, Lakeland's offensive line. Po, Pocatello's defensive line is, is small, but they make up for it with three jackhammers at linebacker, including Devin Rodriguez, who plays in the middle, who basically uh, plays like his hair is on fire. That's really the strength is Pocatello's linebackers. When they played Highland, for example – they only lost 14 to seven and Highland could get nothing up the middle. How'd they beat Pocatello on the edges? So I think if Cornish can get outside, that's where Lakeland can really, you know, butter their bread. So to speak. So, so but you I, look at oh, Pokey's rushing, look at Pokey's rushing attack with Echo Hawk. It's like, you know, everybody talks a lot about, you know, Calder Cornish playing on the outside at linebacker. Um, but the one that's really been eye opening as far as consistent for me in that unit is Chase Burcham in the middle for Lakeland has been very, very consistent against the run. He's very disciplined, stays home, doesn't get lost in the mix. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be a really interesting matchup, but I do like the Hawks in this one a lot. I really do. Yeah, I, I also am leaning um, leaning towards Lakeland. Um, Pocatello, it's the opposite when they have the ball in offense. Reich and Echohawk, if he gets to the outside, it, it's over. Like, I would love to see him and John Cornish race in, in the hundred because it would be really fun. Um, if yeah. you can, if you can bottle up Echo Hawk and make him run between the tackles, then that's where Pocatello really struggles. And with a quarterback that can't make the throws over the top consistently, like Drake Contreras could, um, defenses have just keyed in on Echo Hawk this year and have really contained him. Um, for example, you know, Echo Hawk will have, you know, 150 rushing yards in a game, but like, 70 of them might have come on one play and otherwise he's getting two yards of carry. That's really, if you can prevent the home run, then you're, you're fine with Lakeland. So I, I really, I really like the Hawks there. Let's talk about the five, a bracket post falls outright league champ for the first time since what? 1995, 95. Yep. 1995. First time as a five, a program. Ooh, wee. what a year post falls has had. They, they won over Lake city, to uh, wrap up the regular season crown, they get a first round bye, and then they get a home playoff game against, let's be honest, Rocky Mountain. Rocky's going to be coming to Post Falls next week for the quarterfinals. Um, that is going to be contrasting styles. The Trojans' yeah. explosive offense against a Rocky defense that is pretty stout. You know, and that's going to be what what Post Falls offense do we see? You know, because, I mean, last week they were without Jake Bustamante and they didn't miss a beat. I mean, Tevin Burns at running back last week went off for over 200 yards rushing. Um, and he's a great one-two punch. They're, they are so contrasting in their styles to Bustamante and Tevin Burns. Um, where, you know, Bustamante will just run through six guys and then take it for another 30 yards where Burns is kind of that little one cut and go. Um He's not a real big kid, but man, he's quick as all get out. And so um, I like that rushing attack of post falls. It's going to be an, a tough matchup. Rocky's so stinking good. Um, then, you know, you talk about Blue Bloods, even though it's a newer high school in the state of Idaho, that's just one of those programs that's always consistently at the top. Um, but Coach Bennett's crew, the thing that you talk about, you said offense for post falls. No, they hang their hat on defense. That defense is insane. Um, you know, I look at guys like, I mean, we, we talk about Trevor Miller, defensive end. He was our player game in that Coeur d'Alene game, you know, to where he had, I think, five sacks in the game. He had nine hurries. He had eight tackles for loss. The dude is a machine for tackles for loss. I want to say he's in the high 20s so far this year in tackle for loss. Um, it's just what he's able to do on the defensive edge is just insane. 
Um, and then that linebacking core, you look at Cole Cripps at Mike and, and Gentry Smith in there as well. Um, you know, that Jose Laguna comes up and kind of plays in that hybrid joker four two five. like he'll kind of roam around a little bit and he's always opportunistic as well. And gosh, I mean, that defense on the back end summers at DB, there's some, there's some dudes on that, on that defense that can definitely play top notch football. Um, I see it being a competitive game. I really do. Yeah, for sure. And then let's talk about Lewiston. They've got uh, the other uh, assignment here in the opening round. They got the other bid from the Inland Empire League. They uh, in a in a do or die game, right? Lewiston Coeur d'Alene. The winner was going to the playoffs. The loser was not going anywhere but home. <laughs> Lewiston came out and delivered pretty convincingly. I was yeah. uh, I was pretty impressed with how the Bengals came out, and now they get to host a Middleton team that by losing to CUNA on Friday night, actually in their mind, this is, and again, this is talking to Middleton people. Um, if they had won that game over CUNA, they would be playing Rocky mountain. And yep. by losing that game, they feel like, Oh, we got an easier matchup. I'm not so sure about that, no. but um, <laughs> I think Lewiston is going to be very motivated to uh, get a home playoff win. Yeah. And, and I never count out the Vikings and I just look at, I mean, I have too much family down in Middleton to say anything bad about them. Cause I'll start getting texts and Facebook messages from all of them, but um, <laughs> I'll start getting blown up by cousins. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the Bengals in this one. I, I look at what they bring to the table in the running game. If you try to focus on Jackson Lathan, Hottinger is going to make you pay. I mean, they got James white. They can bring in, um, you know, Rickard they can bring in with a sledgehammer I mean there's there's so many guys that can get touches and they they're so balanced on that side of the ball I mean they, they're big play offense too but you got Jelinek you've got Rice you've got guys all over the field that can make plays and then you look at the defensive side of the ball James White might be a better defensive player than he is offensive player in my opinion um, I might take some flack for that but I look at what he does at defensive end he's a he's a game changer um, at the defensive end spot for the Bengals and, and their middle linebacking core uh, Taylor at Mike is, is a stud. I mean, he's a big dude too, that plays in the middle of that defense. And then you look on the back end with rice and Jelinek and, uh, Duman and some of those kids that are out there that they can play in the secondary, they make plays. So I like Lewiston in that game. And they've got all these like, uh, pieces that they're this, they have good athletes like yeah. J Jackson Lathan, the running back caught a touchdown from Drew Hottinger. And then he threw a touchdown to Braden Rice and then Hottinger caught a touchdown and like so they it's they've yeah. got all these like athletes and and Rickard can come in and run it and throw it and and Rickard's caught a couple of touchdowns this yep. year as well. They've got all these guys that are like Tim Tebow esque where bunch of really bunch of Swiss Army knives on the field. So it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, gonna, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really hard because you have to account for certain guys too and where the just where they're positioned and that's really hard. Is it's like if you're looking at Lathan, he lines up in the slot, then you're like, all right, like, okay, that's that's weird. And Rickard's in the backfield, so now you're watching, like, well, they're gonna run a halfback pass here. You just don't know. And yeah, it's uh it's it's a multiple offense that's just really tough to prepare for. And they do it and that I don't think that offensive line gets enough credit too. They they do a great job up front and they're big, they're strong, and they they're just people movers, man. Those guys are like a moving company up front. Yeah, I was just gonna make that point. Criminally underrated offensive line up there at Lewis. Then in really defensive line yeah. too. You know, I I covered the Bengals at the Rocky Mountain Rumble, um, and, and even though they lost uh, that that first game, I came away obviously impressed with James White, but also Robert Storm on the Robert Storm line. Agent Zero. Yeah. Yes, he's he's awesome. He's a stud yeah. for sure. So, he's a stud yeah. in the middle, man. He's a he's a big he's he's a big reason for that defensive success for the Bengals too. But yeah, there's there's some some pieces to that game. And then you look at the return game too of the Bengals, I think get undersold a little bit, the little nuances in the game um, that make big differences. I like Lewiston. I think they're a dangerous team because they're, I think they're woken up a little bit since that um, scare in the first half against Lake city. I, I saw them come out and do what they did to a really good quarter lane defense. That was just silly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we've crossed the hour mark, Ryan. I apologize. Yeah. This has no, gone long. That's why we started early, right? 
<laughs> yeah, we you know we got off track talking about max preps. You know the 15 minutes we spent on max preps really uh, got us off schedule here, but it, it was it was important to talk about because you know there's I just need to hear how there. right I was. That's all. <laughs> right. Well, that cost you 15 minutes of your time, so hopefully the payoff was worth it. <laughs> Listeners, I'm sorry. Yeah, hopefully a lot of throat coat tea, and I'll be ready to go for Friday night. So we're good. All right. Sounds good. We're still kind of ironing out the final broadcast plans for IdahoSports.com, but we're going to cover, you know, over 75% of the first round games across the state of Idaho. I think right now, 21 of 29 possible. That's, that's awesome. Name somebody else doing that. Yes. And all with local broadcasters that have seen these teams play week in, week out, actual bodies that are there broadcasting, and it's going to be uh, a good time. So, uh, Stay tuned to IdahoSports.com. Click on the Game Streams tab on the homepage at IdahoSports.com to see if we are covering your favorite team here in the opening round of the playoffs. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the North Idaho PrepCast. Thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.